Yeah. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Baby. I took a half and she took the whole thing. Slow down. Baby. We took a trip, now we on your block and it's like a ghost town. Baby. Where did these niggas be at when they say they doing all this and all that? Okay, okay. This is bread episode two or three. We don't know yet. Okay, this this is this is looking good right now. You know, first episode was just me, and now I got someone with me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Ooh, hey, introduce yourself, bruh. Who hey, are you? Hey, I'm your neighborhood friendly rocket scientist. You could spell that with the Q. I am the bruhs. Yes, sir. Hailing from the Georgia Institute of Technology out of Atlanta. Yes, I have a degree as an aerospace engineer. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Originally from the Valley out here in Cali. Um, got a uh, family's everything to me. Got a couple older sisters. Ended up moving into the A. Partially, I would say that uh, the A raised me. And now I'm back out here in Cali, man. Getting, getting that bread. Getting that bread. Yeah. Getting that work in. Where, where where you work at? You didn't even say where you I work, work at. at this. Uh, I think it's what is it? It's a um, it's a company that makes planes. What's it called? Oh, Boeing. Yeah. Oh, Boeing. I work at Boeing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> sheesh, sheesh. So you know, you you did mention a little bit about staying here in the valley and going out to the A. Right. You know, talk a little bit about that. How, how was the upbringing for Norman? To be honest with you, um, I think two things that were a huge benefit and I can attribute to the success that I've had this far in my life has to be having three older sisters. Um, and they set the bar incredibly high for me. Um, very, very close with my family. Um, they continue to always push me. Um, and then moving to Atlanta. I love Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Most people don't know this. If y'all love Fila, Fila stands for a forever. I love Atlanta. And that's something I got, you know what I'm saying, carved in my heart. Um, Atlanta is a beautiful place, the black Mecca, the culture, everything, this, that, and the other, man, I love it. Um, when I was in college, you know what I'm saying? I went to a PWI, I went to Georgia Tech, but you know, the AUC was down the street. So for me, my sophomore year was the first time I really, you know, took that walk over there to Spelman, Morehouse Clark. And when you see a campus full, smart, intelligent, young people pursuing their dreams that look just like you, man, it's hard. It's hard not to have love for a space like that, especially in the times we're going through, man. So I uh, love Atlanta. You know, you can't, I I mean, you can't replicate it. I feel like every black person in this country got to go. So uh, I got so much love for Atlanta. Yeah, that's definitely the mecca for black people in the U.S. You know, living in the A, that's that's Norman's place. You feel me? I'm L.A., so, or Long Beach, you feel me? So you, you the A, you know, you got that, you, you know, that's your shit. Hands down, I forgot to tell you, but you could cuss on this motherfucker shit. It says explicit on my podcast, bro. You okay. can cuss. You, okay, I got you. Yeah, you can say whatever the goddamn you want. All right. <laughs> all right, I got you. I got you. Okay, so you mentioned Georgia Tech. How different was Georgia Tech as a PWI to other HBCUs? Because you said you, you you've been around, so you know. And man, it's crazy because Georgia Tech is a PWI. In the middle of the black Mecca of the United States. Mm-hmm. So imagine as soon as you step off campus, there's black people everywhere. But you come on a campus and you 5%. Some of that percent you don't see because 
they're in the basketball team, they're in the football team, they're on the track team. You know what I'm saying? It was a uh, it was a tough uh, revelation to have. You know what I'm saying? So a little bit more background about me. I went to a public school my freshman year of high school. I transferred to a private school for the last three years of high school, and I um, went to a school to play basketball to give me a better opportunity to get recruited. Um, but it was a really, really small private Christian school, uh, predominantly white, and I met my best friend. Um, shout out to the bros. He's also the bros. Um, to this day, and we both made a promise to each other, we got to go to a school where there's a black community. Hence, we end up going to Georgia Tech, um, a school that my older sister also went to. And being at Georgia Tech, man, the community was so tight, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I got so much love for Georgia Tech because when I walked through the door, as my sister was graduating, people looked up to me already. I'm sorry, not looked up for me, looked out for me already. They say, you know what? Your sister, you know, was like a sister to me, so now you my younger brother. And I had people looking out for me from day one. Day one, man, and I, I love that, man. The black community was something I had never experienced uh, like that before. And people um, helping me pursue my dreams. Because a lot of times, our generation wants to do this whole, started from the bottom, now we here, I got in on my own daily hustle. But, you know, work smarter, not harder. And any time in life you have a dream, I promise you 99% of the time, you have a goal you want to achieve. I promise you there's somebody who's already done or doing something similar to what you're doing. So you don't have to, you know, learn it on your own. So that's what I realized, whether it was getting an internship, passing a class, whatever it may be, you know what I'm saying? I started to realize you really got to use all the resources within your community. And um, I think that's something for minorities and and underprivileged groups all across the country, you got to learn to do, you know, it's, it's tough, but, there's somebody out there who's accomplished and gotten over that wall, you know, and honestly, shoot, man, you find a bridge, you know what I'm saying? Cause somebody's built it. Yeah. So, you know, somebody's climbed over it and hopefully somebody's, you know, reaching back to lift you up. So I know my boy, no one knows what that means. So, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's just something that was, I was going to have love for Georgia Tech with that. Man. We aren't even seven. We're not even ten minutes in. This thing yeah. over here giving gems. Okay, hey, this, this is what this is what the bread talks all about. Hey. Gems, gems. This thing Norman's going crazy right now with the gems. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do, man. Golly, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this thing Norman's going crazy. So you said you know your sister was at Georgia Tech before you, yeah, and. You said that was a really good advantage. It it was. Was there a disadvantage? Man, when I stepped onto that campus, first of all, my sister ended up becoming Greek. She's a Delta. And she had clout. I'm talking all bold, capital font clout. Let me tell you about my sister's line. Let me tell you about this line. My sister's line upon graduation I think they averaged a 3.8 or 3.9. Averaged. Averaged. So, man, when I stepped foot on that campus, I didn't have my own name. People would, my sister's name is Jacqueline. And people would, people would see me. First of all, we look very much alike. And people would see me and be like, oh, are you JQ's younger brother? I'd be like, yeah, my name is Norman. They'd be like, oh, cool, cool, cool. But then when they would introduce me to other people, they'd be like, oh, hey, yo, 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 come here, come here, come here. It's JQ's little brother. That's it. You know what I'm saying? I spent all the freshman year 
meeting people and having people stare at me from across the library, walk up to me and be like, Hey, you know somebody named Jacqueline? I'm like, yeah, that's my that's my older sister. Oh, word. I'd have called my sister one day. I was like, yo, like, why didn't you tell me? She was like, tell me what I was like. Yo, like, everybody knows you. Like in the black community, like, everybody knows you. Like, you coulda, you coulda let me know. You know what I'm saying? That from the jump, I was really gonna have to make a name for myself. And uh, that's what I sought out to do, carved my own path. And I'm not gonna lie, it was pressure. It was pressure, you know what I'm saying? She she killed it. She killed it, but that pushed me. You know what I'm saying? Making my own name, you know, doing what I wanted to do um, pushed me, man, because I, I, I had to carve my own path through that school. It was a lot of expectations. Some of those expectations I had to meet, but, you know, it was good for me. Yeah, bro. I, I <laughs> It's funny that you said that. that's why I asked the question, because in high school, like, my brothers set that path for me, you know? Yeah. They were... Both of them were at school at the same time, so we're all four years apart. But uh, in terms of like school system, we're not. So my other brother were five years apart. So when I became a freshman, he just graduated. So mm-hmm. I was thinking when I came in, like nobody's gonna see me as Jeremiah's little brother. But I guess those two motherfuckers created so much of a legacy. I'm saying in a school with five thousand people. I'm saying, bro, niggas were like, "Oh, you you Jeremiah's little brother?" Like, yeah. Oh, you're Gordon. Oh, yeah. Oh, you Jared's little brother. Like it was just everywhere. And I was just yeah. like, I cannot make a name for myself. It really, it really had to hit a point. It was like a couple years in. Okay, now I'm not Jeremiah's little brother. I'm Noah now. You feel me? So it's crazy. I feel that. When when you come into, you know, family creates a legacy. And when you come into any environment that somebody else in your family is already a part of, whether it's your mom, your dad, sister, cousin, their legacy is on your shoulders. And you got two options. You either gonna crumble under that weight or you're gonna lift it up. And you're going to establish your own legacy, your own identity, you know, within that legacy. You can still mold yourself and fit within it. Or you can carve something completely different from yourself, f- for yourself. But it's, it's you feel that weight. You feel it because you got people telling you, you know what I'm saying? Shoot, Jacqueline did this. She did that. Dang, you sure you don't want to go Greek? Because she a Delta and da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, dang, bro, like... Can I be myself for a day? Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But people don't, it's crazy because people don't really see you. They see you through your mom or your dad or your sister. And that's yeah. tough. It's like, I want you to see me. And a lot of my friends that I realized I made first were the people who saw me for me. Not the people who knew my sister and saw me for like who they wanted, you know, how they related to my sister through me. You know what I'm saying? The people saw me for me. And it was really, you know, my boys who saw me carrying this weight. It was like, dang, bro, like, your sister really killed it. Yeah. But, you know, you can kill it, too. So that was part of it. Let's, let's let's talk about some things you killed on that campus. First of all, we could talk about the court. We could talk about hoops. <laughs> we, but we, hey. Hey, we not even going to get to that yet. We're going to talk about you're an aerospace engineer, right, at that time? Yes, sir. Yes, How sir. was it being a black man and also man. an aerospace engineer major at Georgia Tech? Man, let me tell you, let me tell you, um, shoot, man, I got to give a shout out to a couple folks, um, who mentored me, who, like I said, you're going to go, you're going to go into obstacles in life, certain situations in life and be like, dang, this is hard, but you're only facing what other men have met. Oh, <laughs> you God. feel me? You feel me? You're only facing what other men have met. You're only facing what other men have met. So, 
man, I reached out to some people and I had some people reach out to me. And what I will say, there were benefits. There were definitely, definitely, definitely benefits to mm. being my sister's younger brother. People reached out to me. They said, dang, you know, my, you know, Jacqueline really, she really fooled with me. She really helped me out. I got you. I got you. I got you. I said, bet. Say less. Say less. And they really put me on game. They really put me on game. And that was a benefit as a freshman. They put me on game. At the same time, being an aerospace engineer, man, um, it was tough, bro. There's a point when you're taking aerospace classes where you're like, yo, like this shit is really like rocket science. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like people say it's not rocket science. And there's a point when you're taking the classes and you're like, this is the hardest shit I've ever done in my life. And it hits you that it's rocket science. Like there's a reason, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a reason people say it's not rocket science. And you're like, this shit is hard. Like it's tough. And, uh, you know, Georgia tech, uh, was, I think number two or number three airspace engineering program in the country. So it it wasn't finna be sweet. And I knew that, but it's different when you're in it, when you're in it, you're like, yo, like this this is different. You know what I'm saying? It's it's different. People can tell you like, bro, do this, do that. Yes. It's going to be hard. Oh, you got that professor. That's tough. What I, what I learned was that what professor you had changed the game completely changed the game. You could have some professors and the way they give exams, the things that they do some days after class, you want to walk up to them and be like, yo, dead ass. Like, (laughs) like, like you really be sleeping at night. Like you really wake up in the morning and be like, yo, fuck these kids, fuck their scholarships. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like you can't look me in the eyes and tell me that you want, the best opportunity for me. Let me. So we're going to talk about aerospace engineering. Okay, let's get into it. My junior year. You want to talk about a crossroads in life, bro. My junior year, I got a negative score on a test. Negative. And I'm and I'm putting this on this podcast to encourage everybody out there in school, whether you're trying to get through medical school, law school, graduate school, undergrad, high school, middle school. It don't matter. My junior year of college, I got a negative score on a test. Let me tell you what happened. Took one of the hardest professors I've ever taken in my life. He had tenure. Now, when you run into professors that have tenure, they feel like they could do whatever. Because to an extent, they kind of can. This man gave us a test. I promise you, I, I, I put everything I had into this test. So when you take a test, there's two ways you can grade a test. You can go from 0 to 100, or you can go 100 to 0. So he was grading... Zero to 100. So everything I got right, he was going to add points. I got nothing right on this exam. This is a whole midterm. Nothing right on this exam. And you know what this man did? For one of my answers, he circled it and subtracted points. Circled it and subtracted points. So we're not going to... First of all, this was also an 8 a.m. class. So numerically, logically... Had I not showed up to this exam, I would have gotten a better score. Think about that. Think about the fact that I studied, I stayed up all night, I showed up to an 8 a.m. exam, gave everything I had to get a negative score. <sighs> to get a negative score. Had I wrote my name on that paper and turned it in, I would have gotten a better grade. Mm. So I think I got like a negative 11 or a negative 14, right? So I get a negative score on the test, and I'm and I see it. And I've never gotten a negative score. And you know how teachers are grading papers fast. They write real quick. So I'm thinking to myself, dang, like, I must have misread this. 
And I handed it to my boy. I'm like, bro, you got to see this. So I know I'm not tripping. He said, bro, like, that's... It's 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 the way I felt like it was the way in which like somebody like tells you some really sad news and they don't know how to deliver it to you. Oh. But they know they got to. And they know before they even say it, it's on a face. He was like, Bro, like and he just nodded he just Oh man. He said, Bro, like, it's that's that's a negative that's a negative score. You know what I'm saying? and I remember I called my sister. So at this point, I'm like, I'm failing this class. And this was a prerequisite. This is my junior year, prerequisite to some of the classes I needed to graduate. And I told myself, I said, yo, sis, like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but, like, I'm not graduating on time. My scholarship was a great scholarship that I got, but it was only for eight semesters. So I had to graduate in four years. <sighs> Damn. So you want to talk about pressure. So this test has me thinking – I got to call my parents. I got to let them know. And I'm the youngest out of four. So I'm thinking to myself, do my parents even have bread to pay for college? You know what I'm saying? And on the next test, let me tell you how inconsistent this professor was. On the next test, I got like 115. So like somewhat to an extent balanced out. But it was kind of like some professors, I really want to pull them aside and be like, whatever happened to you? Like, we should talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, before you step into a classroom and can and try to tell me that you truly care about my education, like, we need to do a background check. Not, like, do you have felonies or what that? But we need to talk about, like, who hurt you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if, like, if your wife left, left you, like, let's talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If You know what I'm saying? Back in college, if your best friend smashed your girl, let's talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you didn't get that promotion because whatever, let's talk about it. Because some of these people <laughs> grade in ways where it's like, yo, deadass? Like, like for real, you really just... Like, you really... <laughs> like, you like you saw the work that I put in. I sit in the front row of class. You saw all the work that I did in math, and you circled it, and you put a negative score knowing that I got nothing right on the test... And you didn't pull me aside. You didn't call me into your office hours. You gave me a negative score. And you slept peacefully at night. So, like, somewhere along the lines, somebody hurt you or convinced you that that was okay. And we should really, we should really, like, talk about that. Yeah. And I hate to say this. I got so much love for GT. But there's a huge mental health, you know, real issue at that school. And I think it's because a lot of the professors you know, are kind of out of touch with how they affect their students, the energy you give off. Like, you can't tell me you care about me and give me a negative score. You know what I'm saying? Like, like people have scholarships. People have dreams. You know what I'm saying? It was just crazy. But airspace was something, something wild, man. But I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it. Um, that summer, airspace also gave me the first opportunity to have – um, a black professor. So that was, I uh, changed the game for me. I had a research position uh, summer after my, not summer, what was this, May, junior, sophomore year. I did undergrad research, and it was my first time being under um, a black professor. And he really taught me, like, game. We talked a lot about the academics, but he would really pull me in his office and be like, let's talk life. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk. Let's talk about the ins and outs. Let's talk That's about, real. you know what I'm saying, what it's really going to be like. 
because being a black man, being a Latino man, being a non-majority individual, um, even being a woman in engineering, the books are only going to get you so far. The system not really set up for you to be successful or else you wouldn't be labeled a minority in certain areas. So, um, yeah, he, he was very influential, pulled me aside and said, like, you know, as you got to be smart in the classroom and outside the classroom. It's not going to be enough. You know, uh, you <laughs> you really got to understand how to do things. So being an aerospace engineer, man, I love it. Um, it's It's dope. And the sky's the limit. And I guess that's, that's kind of a pun because of being an aerospace engineer. But I love what I do now. And uh, I'm always grateful. And I'm always trying to get more people into STEM as well. Because one of the saddest parts I guess I felt about going to GT was the fact that it was a PWI in the middle of Atlanta, which is like the black mecca. And there was high schools down the street full of black people, full of black people. But the people I went to school with were not from the A. Very, very, very rare that I had classmates from the A. It's very rare. And that was tough. You know what I'm saying? That was tough. Yeah. That was that was a tough reality that hell of my classmates um, were not from a city filled with black people. You know what I'm saying? From DMV, New York City. You know, there's people from the A. And that was cool. But it was like, bro, we're a school down the street from, a, from the AUC. You know what I'm saying? One of the, you know, three HBCUs. And we can't get... You know, we can barely get that many black people on the campus. So there's a lot that goes in behind that. Maybe dive in on a different day. But, uh, yeah, man, that was something that always had me like, man, I'm trying to go to these high schools. I'm trying to talk to these kids and tell them, like, you can make it, bro. Like, you can get in. Um, Because some of them, it's not that they couldn't get in. Some of them didn't try. Mm. You know, they had already been conditioned to think, man, I'm not getting in GT. You know what I'm saying? And that's really the mentality for a lot of people. A lot of people don't fail. They just never try. So they mm. like, a lot of people take that mentality throughout life. They'd be like, shoot, if I'm going to just fail, why should I try? Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, convincing people to try is the first thing. And then convincing them to try in a way that, you know, is likely to get them more success is a different thing. So that's a little bit I took away from. Damn. Little, some gems for you. Yeah, me. Sheesh. Uh, I want to bring up <laughs> the professors that you had. It's kind of funny because my experience was different from your experience. Your tenure professors compared to my tenure professors, different. I- I'll give you a- an experience. And it's crazy that my profile just left because me and Aaron literally took <laughs> the same class together. It was it was my senior year. And did, do you have rate my professor, right? Yeah. Oh, of course. Okay, of course. Okay. People be going in <laughs> on rate my professor. That's another platform where I really want to pull people to sign and be like, hey, let's talk about it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what happened? Because you be on rate my professor and they be like, yo, this bitch ass nigga. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like people at PWIs, like, they don't really know how to talk like that. But I feel like if it was a translation, like if I pulled, you know, Tom, Jeff, and Steve aside, and, and I translated it, it would be like, yo, first of all, this Mark-ass, sorry-ass, you know what I'm saying, lame-ass nigga really thought he, and I was like, yo, like, yeah, you could nah. just say, you know, give him one star, you know, the PowerPoint yeah. slides weren't effective, but a yeah. one in a five. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> leave it at that, but when people be going in, you know what I'm saying, really typing it out, I'd be like, sheesh, like, let's talk about it, but let me, let me hear, let me hear your story. Bruh. <laughs> 
So I saw this professor, and it was a class Monday seven to nine, seven basically seven to ten. Okay, a.m. No, 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 night. Ooh, hell See, boy. I'm like, so I'm, I'm looking at that class. I'm like. Do I really want to take this? You know, you feel me? Like, so I go and rate my professor. And, you know, that's really my facts, determining facts. factor. You smart. You smart. You smart. And I look at it, and he said he was a five and a one, meaning, you know, overall, he's a five okay. out of five. And level of difficulty, low as a one. Oh, that's meaning. Liddy. That's so Liddy. So it's like. We're in there. I'm in it. So yeah. I, was, I was getting everybody on it. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. get him, get him, get him, get him. And, you know, we come into class. He retired now. Okay. He's retired. I, I literally was his last class. So I'm going to say his name. Uh, Professor Plax. This motherfucker was different, bro. I'm just giving you an. Ex- I'm just gonna give you one example, and we're gonna move on, bro. Our final. We're all literally sitting there. He has 25 questions, like midterm and final. Uh, I think he had three tests. They're all like 25 questions each, and we were all sitting there, and he just looked at all of us. And he was like, "Just want to give you all a couple things. Number five is a tough." <laughs> Uh, Bro said number five is A. You love it. Number twelve is C, and I and no, I think number twenty is B. Like he did something like that. You love to hear and it. we're like, you love to hear it. We're all like started writing the shit. Love to hear it. And I I think I don't know if it was that, that exact same exact test or another one, but someone was like, hey, like like he's like raised their hand and I called him over and he was like, hey, I think uh, there was something like an error. On number 13, like, uh, you know, there was a word that wasn't spelled right or whatever. It was something like that. He was like, oh, okay. Oh, everyone, uh, number 12 is C. I'm dead. Like, he was just giving us gems, bro. And there was one time he, like, gave us the first 10 answers. So he was literally, like, telling everybody, I just want everyone to pass. That's love. That was true love. He was like, I'm going to leave with everyone passing my class. That's love, bro. And that's a real tenure I feel like if you're tenure, like you shouldn't give anyone a bad experience. Cause that's love. The, like, what the fuck you going to do? Sometimes, I, like, sometimes <laughs> I feel like what happened was when I met professors at my school at tenure, was they were like that, and then as soon as they got tenure, they switched up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like they were like, oh, I want to be the professor that everyone loves, but now it gets to the point. It's like, okay, I don't got to leave. I and they be, be like, I now I do what I want. Yeah, now I do what I want. <laughs> but um, it's just crazy. Man, speaking of professors, I got one, I got love for this one professor. Um, he he was my professor when I first on the spring semester that I was on the basketball team. Now, when I was on that, um, you want to talk about that? <laughs> um, the travel was crazy. The travel was crazy. So in the springtime is when you start getting a conference play. So we going to Syracuse. We going to Notre Dame. We going to Wake Forest. We going to Clemson. And like it's not football, basketball. You playing during the week, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You got homework due Wednesday night, and you got to leave Cameron Indoor Stadium, you know, in Duke, and go turn in this multivariable homework. You feel me? But I was taking um, what class was this? I think this was thermal, thermodynamics and fluids. It was a hard class. That's all I remember. And he had a son who played college soccer, so he was also an athlete. And I was in his office hours one day. And we was just, you know, I was asking him questions. And he paused and he was like, yo, how are you doing this? I was like, what you mean? He was like, I don't know how you playing sports and keeping up. Because it was very, very rare, you know, at a Power 5 school for somebody to be an engineer and want to pursue. And I'm not going to lie to you. There were moments when I really texted my sisters and I texted my family. I was like, so y'all just really going to let me, like, have an engineering degree and, like, try to hoop? 
Like y'all wasn't gonna tell me like this is gonna be one of the hardest things I ever did. <laughs> like first of all, y'all let me pursue rocket science, knowing it's rocket science. Then I said, yeah, yeah, go who? Go play basketball. Go play, go play D one sport. Yeah, yeah, go do that. You'll be on the road all the time. Like you'll barely ever be in class. But yeah, go do that. I said, okay, so let's. Man, it was tough. So I'll never forget. I'm taking the final. Oh. This is when I knew I fooled with this man. I'm asking this man questions in his office. I was before I'm about to take the exam because I missed it because I was on the road. He stops me. He says, honestly, don't even worry about it. I said, why not? He said, I, I can't let you take the exam today. I said, what's wrong? He said, if I let you take this exam, you are going to fail. I said, sheesh. I said, well, say less. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> man, when we took this final, we took this final. I had been out of school for so long. And I'll never forget, I was literally walked up to him, and I'm asking him different questions. And you ever, like, you remember when you're in elementary school, right, and you're taking a test, and the teacher's walking around the classroom? Yeah. And she'll say things like, now, class, remember on number four uh, that when, um, shoot, let me think, number set like, seven is an odd number. And then everybody would be like, oh, that tells me the answer, right? He would do stuff like that where I'd walk him, I'd be like, I straight up walked up to him, and he knew my situation. I walked up to him, I'm taking his final in front of the whole class. I was to him, I said, I'm going to keep it two versions with you. I don't know what any of this means. And I'm talking like, I'm opening the final exam, and I'm trying to flip to that one question I know, and I don't know anything. I said, man, I need to, <laughs> I need to get this exam. So literally... Every question in the exam, I'm going through it, and I'm like, I read out the question. He was like, so what do you think that means? And I say, I think it means this. And he just looks at me, and then I'll say, well, it could mean this. And he'll just look at me, and I said, well, it could mean this. And then he goes, I mean, yeah, like, I guess you could say that. I'd be like, say less. Say less. <laughs> that was the one. Say that less. Was the one. <laughs> and we did that for every question. He would just look at me because, you know, other students were there, and, like, he would just look at me like I'm crazy. And I'd be like, and for every question, I'd be like, or it could be this. And he'd be like, I mean, I guess, like, if I had to, you know what I'm saying? I guess you could say that. Man, I, I owe that man so much. Got me through that class. Damn. This motherfucker was a hooper. <laughs> I got one question for you. Ball is life. Okay, I was about to say, <laughs> it was, ball, was is ball life? Ball is life. <laughs> y'all, y'all know my favorite movie, Loving Basketball, when they in the car. And uh, he says to her, "Who you taking the? Who you taking to the prom?" And he said, "Or yeah, yeah." He asked her, "Who you taking to prom?" He said, "Spalding." And she just looks for a minute. And she looks at the ball. I promise y'all. People love to say they married to the game. Wilson and Spalding, those are my girls. Those are my girls. Wilson and Spalding. Man, that was that was my first love, and I will always say this deep in my heart: basketball was my first love. To be honest with you. Basketball was my first love. It's such a beautiful game, the art from all of it. But I always wanted to play in college. Sophomore year came around. We got a new coach. I said, shoot, I'm trying to hoop. You know what I'm saying? Life is short. Go pursue your dreams. I sent in a tape to the coach. They said, come try out. I said, say less. Spent the summer practicing with the team. And then, honestly, bro, when I see these investigations going on on ESPN, people be thinking to themselves, man, these people are cheaters. Y'all don't really understand how many rules and laws and litigations that the NCAA puts down on players so they can't make bread. 
like people don't really know once you're inside the system like the NCAA does not want athletes to make money so there's so much you have to go through just to play just to be on the team damn so I make the team and um I start uh they give you these um schedule printouts to hand to your professors to say like hey like I'm on I'm on an athletic team this is what I'm be traveling for this to let you know People in engineering majors are not used to athletes. So you'll hand them that, and they'll be like, they'll just look at you like, okay, and, you know, they hit you with the Waka Flocka gif, where they'd be like, what's what, what you want me to do with this? You know what I'm saying? They're just not used to it. And, uh, but, bro, I loved hooping, bro. Going from seeing the places you see on ESPN, it's really hooping there. Duke, Syracuse, Notre Dame. Uh, Clemson, Wake Forest, Miami. Miami was nice. Miami was nice. Don't NCAA got 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 some moolah. They they got some, they got some money. We stayed at this spot in Miami. They had a uh, they had a uh, a pool on the ninth floor where it like overlooked all of Miami. I was like, yo, like. I'm not getting paid to play, but it feels like I'm getting paid to play because this view I'm having right now, this aesthetic, crazy. Yeah. Then when we went and played and that um we made the NIT Final Four, okay. stayed in the Marriott Marquis in Times Square for a whole week. That was really a crazy experience. That was a crazy experience because I was like, yo, like, there's so much money that circulates in basketball, but like Basketball will take you places. Like, basketball is an international sport, but, like, it's a beautiful game. People will take you places. Being able to play in Madison Square Garden, courts that Kobe dropped 60 on, LeBron dropped 60. You know, Michael Jordan made his return on that floor. Carmelo's played on that floor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The the Knicks and the Bulls had battles on that floor in the 90s. Like, that, that floor got history. And it's a huge, it's a huge court, but, man, there's so many highlights from it. But, um... Hooping, hooping taught me to believe in myself. Mm. When you when you come onto the team, you're a walk on, and they you have this whole stigma about being a walk on. And I'm like, dang, I'm playing the ACC. These dudes about to be nice. And some of my teammates did go to the league. Like, don't get me wrong, they played professionally. Like, they were nice. But at the same time, you realize like these guys put on, you know, their pants one leg at a time, just like me. They they still human. And you start playing against them, and it builds up your confidence. So. One thing that did for me early on in college was it taught me, like, don't knock it till you try it. You know what I'm saying? Don't put a ceiling. Don't put a ceiling on yourself that's not even there. Like, the same way I was talking about earlier, instead of trying, instead of failing, people don't try. Like, don't put a ceiling on yourself that's not there. Like, you don't know what you're capable of till you do it. Like, don't knock it till you try it. And, man, I, I learned so much about myself because I constantly had people trying to hit me with the late smack the walk on label on me. Ah, you can't this, you can't that. Man, I was hey, I was doing my thing. I had my little 35 inch vert, you know what I'm saying, hooping. Yeah. Cuz I had love for it, but um don't knock it till you try it. Go go for it. Sheesh. Go for it. Who who was like the best player you've seen or played against? Jason in college? Tatum. Jason Tatum. Nice. Cold. Jason Tatum. I hate to put, I apologize to all my former teammates. Y'all know who y'all are. Y'all know what game I'm about to bring up. But Duke gave us a 50-piece 
on national television. It was the it was the worst. You ever just had everything go wrong at the right time? Like oh. it everything went wrong. So Grayson Allen just got suspended. He was coming off his suspension. And I think Coach K was about to have like some sort of back surgery. So everybody knew it was the last game. So Grayson Allen was supposed to be suspended indefinitely. He only got suspended a couple games. He got he came off his suspension versus us. And this was the last game Coach K was coaching before he went uh, to handle his surgery or whatever. So they just really wanted to give him a good game. Man, that game, we ended up playing against like five or six pros. We played against Frank Jackson. I think he's on the Pelicans or on a different team now. Frank Jackson, Grayson Allen, Luke Kennard is on the Clippers. Yeah. Harry Giles is now on the Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum plays for the Celtics. And I'm missing somebody else. Number 20, I forget his name, Bolden, a big man on there. But like... They came out. They was not. There was green. There was green lighting threes. Just splash, splash, splash. But best player I ever saw in person, Jason Tatum, easily like that man. Jason Tatum, as a freshman, you just knew, lanky, smooth crossover. Most people in college don't have a pull up game. You had a pull up. That's like that. That mid range pull up can really. A lot of people can shoot threes. A lot of people can go to the cup, but if you have a nice crossover, a couple dribbles, pull up, different, different. He's different. definitely a different, different nigga breed. on that I, core, bro. I'm, I'm not surprised <laughs> by what he's doing on the Celtics. I mean, that man was different. So, yeah, damn, damn, ooh wee, yeah, we got a real hooper here, ooh wee, yeah, ooh wee. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we talked about you know aero aerospace engineering, hooping. Now let's now let's get into the frat life. Let's get let's talk about the brush. <laughs> let's talk about the brush. Everybody loves the brush. <laughs> so, what made you interested in Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity? Hey Corporate? man, friendship is essential to the soul, man. I even before being the brush, man. I people say humans we cannot exist without interaction without other humans. It's it's um, necessary just to live to survive. That's why people think that uh, I hate to go on a dark note, but solitary confinement is such like such a inhumane treatment because you have to interact with other human beings. Man, I I got so much love for the bros because of the friendship. Man, the people I got to know, getting to know you, man. Just just the people you get to know who really take that statement to heart, really you know you know live by it. You know, live their creed, do it. Friendship is essential to the soul. I mean, for me, man, what's funny to you, when I come into college, my dream was I'm trying to hoop. I'm going to be a hooper. That's what I'm going to do. And I got two older sisters who are Deltas. I was like, okay, cool. Like, y'all win step shows. Like, cool. You know what I'm saying? But you're young. You don't really see all of it. Um, I would go to step shows at Georgia Tech, see my sister win, be like, oh, this lit. Like, she in a club. They moving or whatever on stage. Cool, cool, cool. I really didn't know nothing. And to be honest, um, I <laughs> it's funny. That movie, Stomp the Yard, yeah. the way I see that movie now is completely, completely <laughs> different. When I'm little, I'm like, okay, he, he crumping or whatever. He doing his thing. He trying to make his name. But, like, Greek life, not for me. Not for me. Greek life, not for me. Nope. And um, my sophomore year, a couple of my boys, um, they crossed out in my best friend. Uh, he became the bros. 
And we were all tight. We were all real, real tight group, came in together. And that was the year I started hooping, so nobody saw me. And I'll never forget showing up to that to the Alpha Probate. And people staring at me, they whispering. Staring at me, they whispering. I'm like, what the heck? Like, what's going on? One of my boys comes up to me, checks on me. He's like, yo, you you good? I'm like, what's what's up? He was like, bro, we ain't seen you for months. Like, we thought you was going to be on this line. I was like, Greek life? Nah. <laughs> I was like, not me, bro. I've been hooping. Like, that's, you know what I'm saying? That was my dream, hooping. And um, it was funny because at that time, I was like, hooping? No, sir. No, sir. Not hooping. And then when my best friend crossed, um, became the bros, I would go to parties with him. Bro, he would become best friends with people in like two hours. I would go to a function. Next thing you know, they're best friends. And I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, it's one thing for people to tell you about it. You know what I'm saying? It's it's You see the hop in. You see. But to in person see the fellowship but to still be on the outside of the fellowship but to see it and how yeah. it quickly it happens i'm like dang okay i may need to rethink this you know what i'm saying because i grew up with sisters and i, I developed a, some brothers here and there in, in life just from hooping but to see it was different so i said okay let me let me take some time really think about it and then the opportunity came about Really did my research. I said, "This is definitely something I want to do," and it was, it was, it was a, it was a like everything. I feel like like everything else I did, it was a tough journey to get there. But man, the the friends you build along the way it was all worth it. It's all worth it, man. I got so much love for my OBs. It's uh, got so much love for them. So yeah, definitely, definitely, man. No, it's. It's definitely an experience. It's an, a, <laughs> it is definitely. And an you know experience. what's funny? What is very, very funny is, um, the semester prior to me pursuing it, um, the movie on Netflix, Bernie Sanders, came out. For real? Yes. Jeez. So on the so, East Coast, what was that 2017? It came out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. At the end of 2017, it dropped. And I even had my parents being like, are you thinking about Greek life? Are you thinking about Greek life? Because we watched this movie and da 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 And I'm like, shoot, bro. It was a whole different atmosphere with all the HBCUs you had on the East Coast and Bernie Sands. And I was like, the timing could not be worse for that movie. But, yeah. man, I uh, that was one of the best choices I ever made, man. And it's, it's funny how, um, as you experience life and time passes, your perception of decisions that you made sometimes will change. You will meet different people. You will have different friendships, different relationships. But, man, so grateful for that decision. Yeah, and no, and one thing I would tell people is I truly believe in the statement, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to encounter things in life that are hard. They're just hard. Mm-hmm. They're hard. You're like, damn, like, this must be a sign that this just is it isn't it. But I'm like, man... If it was easy, everybody would do it. And that's what I would keep telling myself. It, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There's a reason. There's a select few. There's a reason the friendship is so real. If it was easy, everybody would do it. So I uh I'm I'm always grateful to my past self for being like, nah, I, I gotta finish what I finish what I started. Facts. And so man, I'm I'm every day I'm um you know, I met I met a bro today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and and Trey Trey was literally like, man, y'all got to be fraternal twins the way y'all thinking of like. And I'm thinking, man, like, 
the the people you meet later on years later in life is really shaped by decisions you make you know years ago and i'm thinking of myself you know decision i'm making now how they gonna small decisions you know in the moment seems small but affect your your life to such a magnitude two years later so man root to the bros not for a root to the bros uh same thing with you bro I, i'm so glad i made this decision you feel me because it was just i feel like i have made like like you said, these type of friendships and it's it's different. Like it's, it's different. It's really it's different. different, bro. Like and you be trying to tell people <laughs> and you can't you can't uh uh you can't verbalize it. You know what you I'm saying? Can't. You can't Literally verbalize someone it. Someone asked me that question today. How is it? And I said It's different. It's different. Like I it's really different. can't explain it's it. Different. Like, you know, when you come into you know, you know, you walk into a little social setting and there's, you know, bros there. Every bra is different. different. It's different, and it's so and like it's it's you can't explain it. You know, you have to seek it. You have, you, you have, yeah. bro. I'm telling you, you have to. And th- 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 I'm gonna leave it there with you know with the frat life, man. That, yeah. Like that, that that's just real. Like it's just different. But you know, it's a decision that I I I'm glad I made. You feel me? But we we talked all about Georgia, Atlanta, your home, your heart. You know, aerospace engineer, frat life, hooping, the legacy that you have with your sisters. Now, right. you're in Cali, making yes, a name for yourself. Making a name Actually, for myself. Didn't you, you were at Seattle first, right? And then you came down I here? interned. I interned in Seattle for a little bit. Okay. And then I moved out to uh, OC, Huntington Beach. Uh, Huntington Beach was... Uh, Little bit of a culture shift. Yes. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of a culture shift, man. I came out came out to Cali. First of all, LA in itself is LA in itself could be its own state. Yeah. Because the suburbs of LA So I have this statement where I say um Atlanta's a part of Georgia, but Georgia's not like Atlanta. And people who've been there understand, you know, dynamics. Like, Georgia's like Mississippi, Louisiana, you know, Alabama. But Atlanta is not really like those other places. L.A. is a whole, you got Beverly Hills, you got Hollywood, you got South Central, you got Inglewood, you got Crenshaw, you got the LBC. (laughs) The city, okay? The city. That's all I got to say. The city. Uh, Continue. Oh man, you got the city. You know what I'm saying? So you got all these places on the map and you come out here and you're like, shoot, man, like I really gotta get to know LA. Like LA is not just LA. LA is so much more than just LA. Bro, it's and so many regions. So you many meet regions. different niggas. Like you literally met the brother, Brennan. He a different like he's just <laughs> you, you meet different people. You meet different you people. Me? Really? Moving so staying on the Huntington Beach. I'll never forget this. I go to Costco. Got to keep the waves looking right. This is when I short hair. Yeah. Got to keep the waves right. I have on my do-rag. Oh, yeah, definitely. Man, I step into Costco in Orange County with a do-rag on. They said. They said, oh, my gosh, what do we have here? <laughs> Look, man, just just the looks I was getting, I said, okay, okay, okay. Black man, three o'clock. <laughs> There is a black man on aisle four with a, uh, seems to have some sort of 
um, gang member paraffinating on his head. Uh, I'm quite uncomfortable with how he's wearing it. What is he gonna do with them unsalted cashews? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was really, it was really like that. So I was like, no, 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 I gotta, I gotta move. And the crazy thing is, Huntington Beach is like 25 minutes from Long Beach. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I didn't move from, you know, what I'm saying the distance of Huntington Beach to the valley. I really moved five exits. Yeah. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So. You literally went right up that, uh, what are the 22 or the 45? I, I went up, yeah. I went yeah. up, I went straight up the 22. And I said, well, let me take the 710. Bow. Here I am, Long Beach. That's it. And uh, it's beautiful out here, man. I see, I see um, melanated individuals. Mm. I see. I love the diversity of LA. This was this was the LA people would tell you about. Orange County is not. No. Orange County is the real housewives <laughs> of, you know, Orange County. That's that's what it is over there. Don't get me wrong, suburbs is cool, but at this point what I'm living and what I'm doing in my life, not for me, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to hit the day parties. I'm trying to go see the Lakers play. I'm trying to hit the beach. You feel me? Come I'm, on now. <laughs> you feel me? I'm trying to really take it all in. So I, I love it. I live it down here in, in the city. You know what I'm saying? The city. In the city. Um, but I, I'm loving it out here, man. And it's, it's, here's what I will say. Atlanta has a place in my heart, but I'm from L.A. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I came back here. I came back out here to L.A. And my sister said, oh, let us show you what you've been missing. You know what I'm saying? Because I got two sisters to stay yeah. in the valley. So they said, oh, where are you trying to go? Manhattan, Redondo. You trying to go to Inglewood? You know what I'm saying? Where are we going? Where are we going? You know, yeah, my sisters it. know L.A. like that because they, they never moved. So they they really said, look, we really about to show you what you've been missing. Man, I love L.A. I got people everywhere. I be telling them, yo, you got to pull up. You yeah. have to see. You got to experience it. Yeah, when you, you brought when you brought bro, uh, Steven. Hey, I told Steven. I said, pull hey, shout up. out Steven. <laughs> shout out to the bros. Yeah, for real. That was that man loved L.A. Bro, bro. You, you can't. It's hard not to love L.A. We're the most shut down city in the country, and you still can't not love L.A. Right? You feel me? <laughs> like that should speak alone on itself. It's shut down. You know, restaurants just opening up, but I could I could pull somebody here. Give me give me three days. Give me three days. You know what I'm saying? And I'm gonna really show them the aesthetic, the scenery, the vibe. Once they can get a taste of that vibe, that freedom, that driving up. Black said it best in that song with um, "I Want You Around" with Snow Allegra. He just said, "We can get away right now." PCH. That's a vibe. That's really a vibe. And people bro. be hearing that song like, cool, cool, cool. But if you're from Cali, you know what that drive is like when you're on PCH. Driving up to Malibu, you pass Pepperdine, and you're coming down that hill, and you see where the mountains touch the ocean. Bro, it's different. Yeah. It's different. I love how you mention all that because you see what I got next. I'm I'm gonna go right here. I'm gonna skip. Hey. No, I'm, I'm skipping. I'm going right to this. We're going straight to the day. Yeah. What <laughs> is a vibe out here considered a date? Hey, we was it's still, a vibe. We was, hey. it's, a, it's a vibe. <laughs> it's crazy because in other places that aren't this um, beautifully aesthetic, you have to really plan it out. But here, when people say I like long walks on the beach, I really like long box long walks on the beach. Facts. A sunset walk on the beach 
with the ocean in the background and you just getting to know somebody is free and the way you can converse and get to know somebody with that fresh air, with that scenery, with that aesthetic can really consume you to enjoy that moment. My, my, here's what I would say. I'm looking to make memories. You know what I'm saying? Make memories you won't forget. It could be one day. It could be two dates. Maybe something happens where somebody decides they're not trying to take it further. But I want every moment that anybody tries to spend with me, that's a good memory. That's a time when they're like, yo, that was a good vibe. You know what I'm saying? That energy was great. It was positive energy. Really was getting to know about each other. It was really was rapping about life. Really was. That food was hitting. Them tacos were hitting. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. That margarita, it was hitting. Hey, the margaritas out here. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> me. Now, what, uh, quick question. In Atlanta, are there tacos? Are, are there? Look, man. <laughs> I, a, sad, a sad realization that I had is definitely for Asian cuisine and Hispanic cuisine. If you really haven't dived into the cuisine on the West Coast, you really be thinking the cuisine on the East Coast for those particular foods are smacking. But like, it's, I'm not going to call it not authentic. It's just different. Oh, okay. It's just different. You know what I'm Makes saying? Sense. I came out here and I'd be telling my sisters, oh, I like this. I like that. And then it'll be like, that's not, that's not real. Spent. Like, that's not real Mexican food. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you'd be thinking to yourself, wow, my life's a lie. You know what I'm saying? But it's just it's Facts. just different. <laughs> and I mean, the communities are larger out here, so it makes sense. Yeah. It's the same way, like, when people from the A come out here and they be like, oh, we got to hit Roscoe's. I'm be like, I'm going to tell you right now, Roscoe's not that deep south soul food. Yeah, don't, it's not. Don't, it's don't not. get it twisted. <laughs> Roscoe's hits, but it's not going to hit like your grandma's cooking after church. Yeah. You know, and some of the deacons come over. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not it's, it's not, not the that. same. It's so, not. you know, it's, it's, give or, it's give or take anywhere. You know what I'm saying? I do miss a good soul food brunch post-church, put you to sleep. You may miss a couple of the NFL games. You know what I'm saying? Put you straight to sleep. But um, I'm sorry. <laughs> the food out here, man, smacks. Man. Smacks. For real, it's for real, for real. like smacks. You know what I'm saying? We already covered that topic right there. Man, What's your favorite restaurant out here? I feel like I haven't really experienced all that I could, but man, shout out to, I don't even know if I'm about to quote this right, a spot called, there's a spot that is like this Mexican-Korean fusion. And um, funny, we talking about dating. I went on a date there, low food truck. It was smooth. It was very smooth. And, uh, it was heat. It was heat. Where, where, where do you know exactly? It was, was in Paramount. Beach? It was in Paramount. It was in Paramount, Paramount food truck. Okay. Food truck. And that food, man, it smacked. It smacked. It's a fusion. Okay. I think sometimes you can go wrong with fusions, but they really knew what they was doing. They Damn. really didn't know what they was doing. Um, so Mexican-Korean, is that what you said? Or yes. Like, okay, okay. I believe Damn. so. Yeah, it was fire. Um, ooh. Wow. Shout out to Long Beach Taco Company down the street from me. Uh, right before pandemic started, I had this thing called a molita, mm. which is really like um, it's really like a sandwich. You have tortillas, two tortillas, and instead of putting in like a taco, it's just one on top of the other. You put um, pollo and cheese and lettuce or maybe salsa or whatever you want to put into it. 
and you, um, I guess you not fry it, but you you have it, make it into a melt. Bro, I had one of those. Smacked, smacked. Me left hook. Me left hook. She's dope. That's all I gotta say. So, one last thing about this California experience. Okay. Your fucking job. <laughs> man, man, oh man, oh man. Working in the aviation industry during this pandemic. Now everybody knows in a pandemic, ain't nobody want to get on a plane. Mm. So, there was a point in time where it was tough. It was tough. Being a rocket scientist is cool, but when people don't want to get on planes and a lot of these airline companies that our customers are Boeing and not really getting that influx of money, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Boeing went through a couple series of layoffs and um, it was tough. But I told myself, work hard, show that I'm indispensable, show that I can pick up the next work, show that I can just do other things that people can't do, improve myself, have safety, and I'm still here. Blessed by that. Uh, I love my job. But I love my job because of the opportunity to be creative every day. Engineers solve problems. You know what I'm saying? So when I come into work every day, depending on what your role is, but when I come into work every day, I never really know what I'm about to get into. I know what the overall goal is, but you take different approaches to how you want to solve it. You don't know what task or what thing is going to come up. Um, But I I really do like what I do. I have (laughs) one of my best friends, one of my boys. Shout out to my boy, Miles Parker. Over in uh, St. Louis uh, right now, he's working on fighter jets, and he loves what he does. He gets the opportunity every day to work on the tarmac, um, to do a lot of different things. He truly, truly loves what he does. But I got a lot of love for Boeing. I got a lot of love for the management, the people who have taken the time to invest in me, um, to really uh, help me achieve my dreams. Man, I, I really I really do love what I do. And also at the end of the day, man, like I'm a black man. I'm aerospace engineer, bro. Facts. Like I'm just thankful that where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? There ain't many people at my job who look like me. Yeah, I mean. I recognize that. I know that. So sometimes I have to remind myself that. Be like, bro, like you made it. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, I feel a responsibility to bust my ass in when I'm working because Every interaction that I have with a coworker that's positive, that they show me busting my ass, breaks a stereotype, breaks yeah. breaks a little bit of that barrier of bias, breaks a little bit of that barrier of prejudice, so that the guy behind me can get through the door. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Bridge builder. Bridge, bridge builder. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> bridge builder. That's what I'm trying to do. And uh, so it, I have to realize that when I'm working, it's not always about me. Mm. It's about the next guy who wants to have that same experience, you know? So that's another thing. But, man, I'm always grateful. Always, always grateful. Facts. Facts. Damn. You just talked all of, all about the, the A and, you know, L.A. You feel yes, me? Sir. So we're going we gonna to switch it up real quick. We're going we gonna to go into music just a little Ooh. bit. We just want to hear uh, who your favorite artist is. It could be all time, all time, right now, and it, it could be any music genre. I'm going to get a lot of love. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this answer. I love Drake. I love Drake. I'm going to get a lot of love and I'm going to get a lot of hate for it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get a lot of love and I'm going to get a lot of hate for it. Man, Drake's lyrics really speak to me. 
Drake's lyrics really speak to me. Um, I love the diversity of his music. Some people want to call him a culture vulture. Uh, I call him somebody who's able to appreciate the beats. There's a lot of uh, loyalty in music. You know, music is about repping where you're from. Music is about, you know, if you change your sound, you switched up. Or it could be showing your capability, your range. He has a lot of range with different things. I mean, went from an actor to being one of the best artists in the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Got shot in the back. Got wheelchair Jimmy. Is that real? (laughs) (laughs) That was the the words before he got shot. He said, whoa, is that real? Drake. Nigga. You think well, when a white man pulls out a gun, they go, oh shit! Long hair and the glasses start yeah. running. Now that was not a good depiction of a black man in a real shooting. Yeah, he's not gonna be like, whoa, 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 let's talk about. It. No, yeah. I'm, I'm around the corner. <laughs> he said, whoa, is that real? Like, you know, they gotta do it for TV. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> man, you, you don't have to do that. Tell me, and he start running like that, bro. If you don't start running that zigzag, zigzag. come on, bro. Right, but I haven't been in that zig- situation ever in my life, so I can't really. True, true, I can't true. Really, it's you know, easy. It's you, hey, niggas let but it be like. But it's a TV like, show. Did the nigga write like, it? Man, had it been me, yeah, I'd be always like, bro, shut up, bro. Yeah, like nigga, I, we don't know. So, what's a song on repeat? It don't got to be a Drake song, but what's a song on repeat? Oof. Look, man. Um Probably got to take out his phone like. No, 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 no. I got so many in my head right now. I'm trying to think. You can name off a few. Let's see. Let's see. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I love Redemption. I love Redemption. Some of these songs I'm going to name, it's only for the real Drake fans who going to know it. But I'll, I'll talk about why because of the lyrics. Um, I will be honest. I do get labeled. So I love the diversity with Drake being able to be called a simp or a sap, whatever you call him. Then he'll drop something like nonstop. Yeah, talking about I just flipped the switch. He'll drop something like "Nice for What." He'll drop something like "In My Eight Feelings." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Drake will drop a song. It's like, damn, Shorty really just left me. Let me take a moment and really, you know, contemplate how I'm really feeling. Then next thing you know, you'd be like, man, stop being soft. You hit a party, and what's playing? One dance. What's playing? I Work. One dance. Hey, my freshman year. It's the five year anniversary of a uh, work with Rihanna. Oh. I will be honest. Drake is the king of features. Drake is the okay. king of features. Okay, he'll always hop in. He'd be like, "I'm here for a good time, not a long time." And his features always hit. I mean, I my favorite <laughs> part of Oprah's bank account is Drake's feature, bro. Off top, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like no disrespect. You know, actually, all disrespect to them niggas. Like, come saying? on, like, you know what I'm saying? Like. I feel like as an artist, when you're trying to feature Drake, you got to be like, "Not nah, Drake, I know you be killing your features, but relax. Like, this is my song. Yeah, me. And Drake could be and like, I be All feeling right, cool. bad because he, he low-key be putting niggas on, He'll be bodying. Like, uh, what, Black Boy JB? Remember that song? The nigga was shoot. You think he was going to be that big until Drake got, went on that, uh, 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 drive three or five. Look, look alive, alive. Yeah. look alive. There it is. I was like, damn, what song? He got so many, like, features and put niggas on. I'm trying to think, bro. Like, Shit, I know it's just that song, but there's more like There's so many features. You put motherfuckers on features, bro. <laughs> features. Jeez. Okay, okay. So Drake is the one. Drake is the one on repeat. Awesome, Drake. We're gonna switch it up. We're gonna go into sports. Who's who's gonna win the Super Bowl? These are questions I answered in my last podcast. So, you know. That's a tough one. I feel like this Super Bowl is the epitome of 
current goat versus possibly the next generation goat. Damn, that's I, I feel like that's what that's what it is, right? It's exactly what I said. Tom Brady has broken every record. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is on pace to break all of Tom Brady's records. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much what we're seeing. Yeah, it's. I feel like this Super Bowl is like Tom Brady versus the Chiefs and versus time. He's like what forty two, forty three. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I saw a crazy stat. Tom Brady has the same number of NFC championship wins as Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. And that's crazy. That's crazy. Niggas only been in that motherfucking... For a year. One year, bro. One year. You know what I'm saying? So, it's kind of like, shoot, bro. Like, what? What? I, it's tough to choose because if I choose Tom Brady, it's like... I feel like there's no safe pick. If I choose Patrick Mahomes, people are like, that makes sense. More talent, more arm strength, um, better offensive options. But then people be like, bro, you're crazy to bet against Tom Brady. And that's literally what I, I didn't say that, but it's like. People are you, like, you're you crazy. And as a Falcons fan, we was up. We was up 28 to 3. We was literally. Teachers were canceling class. We was playing at parties. We was like, yo, where you? I'm I'm finna hit this bar. I'm finna hit this club. We litty. 28-3. That's tough. Game it. No, that is very tough. If there's anything y'all need to hear, please, please hear me very clearly right now. Looking at that score and looking at the score and being like, it would be cool if like the Super Bowl was competitive. You know what I'm saying? People tweeting out memes of MLK looking down on the field as one of our cornerbacks is intercepting Tom Brady. I hated the Patriots on top of that. Bro, when they won that Super Bowl, I said, I can't do it no more. Being an Atlanta sports fan was a toxic relationship because you develop trust issues. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's run through it. We got the Braves. Play incredibly well in the majors. In the, so sad because of this year, too. Like, shit. <sighs> we got the Braves. They love to do what they do. We got some young talent that when we need it most, choke. The Hawks, the Hawks give you false hope because they make you believe that them being the number one in the East matters. And then LeBron James, without Kevin Love, without Kyrie Irving, sweeps us. That, His first year back in the Cavs. I don't sweeps know if that us. was the same exact team, but that team was tough that hawks team what jeff teague jeff kyle corver joe johnson uh josh smith josh smith and then you uh then a uh, Millsap, and then that Horford. was Horf- that was a tough <laughs> and w- that was our first year with um i don't want to get his name wrong but he's that the coach cur- the coach yeah. i think he's the coach of the bucks now yeah but that was our first year with him coming straight from greg popovich and the system was beautiful and lebron said yo yo for real like y'all, this is it. This is the best y'all got. Number one in the East. Y'all almost forgot my. They they called me the chosen one when I was eighteen. They called me the chosen one when I was eighteen. Like y'all must have forgot. They called me the chosen one when I was eighteen. Yeah. Like, I like, yeah. He swept us. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, man, Pastor Mahomes be throwing. Passes and games without looking, Darts, bro. like his backyard football. Huge. Without looking, <laughs> I'm like, they don't even have that in Madden. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they don't. 
That's not even a Madden. That's not a Madden so, thing to have. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Tom Brady, man. Tom? Because, I'm gonna have to go with Tom Brady because can't bet against that man. Yeah, like logic tells me. Logic tells me the only reason that the only the only people the only team the only quarterback to ever beat Tom Brady is Eli Manning. Mm. Eli Manning and that New York's front seven is not in the league no more. So logically, I'm like, all right, it's got to be Tom Brady. Yeah. Because what other reason is there? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to put it this way, right? The Chiefs love to do this comeback and win type stuff. That's what Tom Brady does. He eats that for breakfast. That's like the (laughs) comeback and win type stuff don't. It's Tom Brady. He's going to win the game. He's not going to make the mistakes. He's not going to throw those picks. It's Tom Brady. He's going to win the game. It's just it's what he does. And it's crazy. It's crazy that I'm on record supporting Tom Brady because when I tell you I hated the Patriots. But honestly, you can't hate somebody if they're not doing nothing. They just won so much I ended up hating them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's funny, I I give I give you a little story of, of where I was in that moment. So I had uh she's my ex now, but you know, my girlfriend at the time. Okay. That was the first time really officially hanging out with my dad. Okay. So she came through for the Super Bowl that year. I think, what was it, like 2017, 2016? No, it was 2017. And <laughs> we're just sitting there, and my dad's in the other room. So we're, so me and her, so it's me, her, and my dad. We're in the living room. You know, that first, like, half was atrocious. It was. So my dad, like, he's hot. He's getting mad. He's like, what the fuck? Oh, fuck that shit. Ugh, going off. And he's, like, getting up, walking out, coming back. And he's just sitting there mad and shit. And he keeps leaving. I'm like, why is he so angry? You know, these are not our teams. Right. You know, what, what's so, what, why is he so mad? So it's halftime. And he, he's like, hey, Noah, come in the kitchen. So I come in the kitchen. And I'm like, what's up? He's like, I'm sorry. I'm like acting like a fool in front of her. I'm like, well, what's up with you? Like, you good? Yeah, you good? He was like, Put money on the game. Bro, he put so much fucking money right on the game. I didn't want to say how much you put on, on that game. But I was so mad when he said the price. I was like, bro, you good? And he was like, you can't bet against Brady. I was like, true. So Facts. we sat there, and he literally was in the other room. He's a superstitious-ass nigga. He's in the other room while me and her just sitting there. I'm literally thinking to myself, oh, man, we could have watched this you know, somewhere else. And it was just funny when this nigga caught up, bro. When this, when Tom Brady caught up and seeing the switch in my dad's, like, demeanor was ridiculous, bro. Bro, I have... I truly have a disdain for Matt Ryan for that game. And I, he's leaving after this year, too. He should be. You ever see... In sports, I get confused because whoever are these general managers or the owners, I will see coaches, I'll see players get signed to extensions, and I feel as though somehow they're not watching the same game I was just watching. Like, did we not just did we not just see the same game, or like, or did you not see him lose, or what happened? You know, like we have Julio Jones. We, we, I don't know if Ridley was on that team too, but he was he wasn't on the team yet. But we had Julio Jones, 
and we had a good enough we had a good enough onset offense to be up twenty eight three. So I'm yeah. like, but we Literally lost. If you scored one more time. You would have won. One more time. Like, can I get a field goal? <laughs> like, can we can we get to the forty and kick a field goal? Yeah. Like, can we get to the thirty five? I don't need you to score a touchdown. That's like in basketball being like, I don't even need you to make a shot. Just make free throws. That's it. That's crazy. You know, but it is what it is. Tough. That's tough. That is very tough. (laughs) So we're going to switch it up. We're going to go to the NBA. You know, I'm going to ask you who's your favorite player of all time and then who's your favorite player now? LeBron James. But um, not for real. LeBron. Of all time and now? Ooh, I love me some Magic Johnson. Nigga said that. <laughs> I love, I love, first of all, a nickname Magic. Yeah. A nickname Magic. Facts. You call something Magic when you see it happen, but you don't know how it happened. Facts. Matt, nickname Magic Johnson. Rookie. Wins the NBA Finals by playing all five positions without Kareem. I think people really overlook that. That's like like, like the people don't really Finals performance ever. People don't really process that as a rookie. Your vet, your vet best player in the league isn't playing with you at that time on his way to be the the most scoring play, the high scoring player of all time, bro. Like Magic Johnson. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Let me look this up because. When LeBron was against Golden State, what was it, 2018? He had like 56 and 5 or something like that. Yeah. LeBron James. But that's like is the seasoned only- LeBron. That's like seasoned. Bro. Is <laughs> the two. People just really need to go back and watch Magic Johnson highlights and see how this man moved the ball. Now, granted, the two reasons I love Magic and LeBron is because they're like 6'8, six, 6'6 six, six passers. They're really point guards. Mm-hmm. They're both point guards with the ability to score. Now, I will say offensively, um, LeBron is more gifted than Magic. But yeah. I feel like for me, basketball is a way to live life. Or basketball is a metaphor for life, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can get a lot of enjoyment out of scoring, but there's nothing like putting people that you care about in the position to score. That's why I love to score. Mm-hmm. My boys will get mad at me all the time we play in pickup and we'll be down. And they'll be like, Norman, you're the best player on the court. Go score the ball. And I'll be like, I know I can score anytime I want to, Facts. but I get a greater enjoyment out of seeing y'all score because I know you can't score anytime you want to. <laughs> I love, but no, no, no. Think about it Damn, this way. Damn, nigga. No. Think, think, about it this, think about it this way. Think about it this way. Game six. Right now. It's really creating the opportunity for somebody to experience something they never thought they could. Mm-hmm. When I go dunk the ball, when I go get a bucket, it's cool because I'm a competitor, but I knew I could get that bucket. But when I kick the ball to you, you pump fake, you jab, you knock down a three, and you say, gotcha. I'm like, you know, that's a good feeling because I helped create that. You know what I'm saying? And it's not about me no more. I'm really somebody who doesn't even like the limelight. Like, over time, I've developed my confidence, but I like getting my assists up. I'm all about seeing other people have their success. And if they winning, they scoring, then I am too, man. And I also love LeBron because I love playing defense, man. I love playing defense. There's something about chase down blocks. I love chase down blocks. Now, the one that you had against that nigga the other day, 
I was like, damn, I was I was on the other side of the court. You know, me, my knees fucked up, so I, I didn't run all the way over when there. When was it? Oh, when he tried oh, to reverse. Yeah, he tried to reverse. I, I knew it was coming. I was like, nigga, you should have just went up. Like, fuck it. You he get should've. blocked either way. You, he was getting was blocked any, either well, way. But I feel like a block is like a punchline. Yeah. A block is also a little disrespectful. Yeah. I love, okay, so I'm a huge LeBron fan. I love Shannon Sharp. I love the things that Shannon yeah. Sharp says about LeBron. But um, Shannon Sharp had a Skilp. statement. He said, he said, Skilp, I'm going to tell you like this. My grandma told me one time, he said, he said, you ain't got to respect me, but I won't let you disrespect me. When I see somebody go to the basket and they lay the ball in my face, I feel like I have to block it. Like something yeah. in me is like, damn, really? So you just, you thought that I wasn't going to get close to that. So I just, I just got to block it. Yeah, but no man, facts. But man, I love LeBron. I love the I love the chemistry I see on the floor. Like the Lakers really be looking like he's having fun. When he shot that three the other day and turned around, he said, "You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that wasn't him being like I'm cocky. That was him being like I'm enjoying playing and doing something that I love." And any team that he's on, they overachieve. The Cleveland Cavaliers should not have been in the NBA Finals. I stand by that. Yeah. No way. They they should not have been in the NBA finals. After Kyrie left, the Cleveland they had no business beating the Raptors. And it's so funny because I literally saw the DeMar DeRozan interview for all the smoke, and the man literally said it. He said, LeBron. Like it was yeah. literally LeBron. He knew plays before they even ran him. He he told the guy, dude, you're supposed he to said, be there. Bro, like, you, you send a down screen, you know he's supposed to be on the other block. Like, you know how this goes. People do be saying LeBron also has a photographic memory. And I will say that I love the intelligence. I love the high basketball IQ of Magic and LeBron. Yeah. I could never be somebody who could just appreciate the athleticism and the dominance of somebody if they don't understand the game. Basketball's an art. You got to understand the game. Basketball is geometry. Now, that really appeals to my, you know, math and science side of me where I'm looking at the strategy of it. I love the strategy of the game. I love the flow of it. I love seeing a game in slow motion. I love it. I, I love it. <laughs> you know, I really do. Out. So I, I just, I got a, I got a, lo- a, a lot of love for both those players. Not because of their competition, but man, how they play the game. They play it. To the art form, it really is the passes, the defense, the movement, all of that. Love it. Damn, that was real. Well, what's your favorite team again? Oh, the Lakers. The okay, LA Lakers. Okay. And is that is that forever? Is that when LeBron leaves? You can be real. That's a real good question. Um, raised the LA fan. Parents was out here in the eighties. Saw Showtime. All of that. Um, of course, was here for the dynasty. Can you dig it? Shaquille O'Neal, yes, Mad sir. Dog, Robert Ori, Derek Fisher. If y'all not real day one LA fans, please, please don't be out here, you know, faking it. It's okay. If you wasn't really about it back in the day, that's okay. If you can't name, you know what I'm saying, Eddie George, if you can't talk about them 02, 03 teams, that's okay. But just, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't care. Don't, 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 don't act like you know something about that. But um, love the Lakers, man. And then when I was little, bro, I fed into the media storyline. So when Shaq left, I'm like, dang, Kobe really selfish. He really booted Shaq. So I was like, I'm a Shaq fan now, man. Forget Kobe. He booted. He booted Shaq. Da 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 da. 
ended up following Shaq to Miami. I was on the East Coast. I was living in Atlanta. I was like, man, this guy Dwayne Wade, kind of tough. Started liking Dwayne Wade, loved his game too. Then LeBron came down to Miami, really started loving LeBron. Then I loved to see his growth from when he lost to Dallas and how he grew from that. Then he went back to Cleveland. Cleveland! Cleveland, this is for you. <laughs> Cleveland, this is for you. All-time favorite moments in sports. I just love the way he carries himself. And then he carried the weight of his city on his shoulders and went and won that ring, man. Um, got a lot of love for him. But I don't know if LeBron leaves. I'm going to have to root for LeBron. Got a lot of love for him. Um, but I'm out here in L.A. and I got a, love, a lot of love for the Lakers. So, you feel me? You know what I'm saying? Lake show, baby. Gotta love the Lakers. If you don't love the Lakers, you're not on the podcast. Now I'm joking. <laughs> you could always be on a bread episode. So we gon' we gon' we gon' start we gonna start moving with this. Who's the most improved player? <sighs> most improved player. We gotta go with. That's tough. Who's who's getting bread this year? I said in the last podcast, uh, Jeremy Grant. Pistons. The Pistons. I'll look it up. I, 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 I'll provide Why is that you. name not ringing a bell for me? I don't even know how to spell it. It's like Jeremy. There it is. Jeremy Grant. Oh, Jeremy Grant. Ooh, yeah. most improved player, depending on what they do this year. Um, It's either him or Christian Wood, to be honest. Christian Wood is getting buckets. I might have to look at um, his name was literally just in my head. What is this man's name? Who's getting buckets this year? That's a tough one early on in the season. Yeah. Jeremy Grant is really good, but I also like... It's his um, averages right now. 23. Basically 24. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant. Him, Christian Wood, or... um, Who else is getting buckets right now? Yeah, I feel like everybody's... Those two, bro. I feel like everybody's pretty consistent. Nobody's really, like, jumping out. Yeah. You know, really getting crazy buckets like that. I feel like it's got to be those two. Okay, okay. I, I said Jeremy Grant, too. Yeah. So, uh, rookie of the year. Mellow. Anthony yeah. Edwards is hooping, but Mellow, bro. Yeah. Like, youngest triple-double ever. Coming off the bench. Ridiculous. What else? And is he has low minutes. Low <laughs> minutes with a 20-piece, 12 and 10. Casual. Ridiculous. The man's ridiculous. Uh, defensive player of the year. It's probably going to be Giannis, AD, or Giannis or AD. Uh, in, in my last episode, I said Joel, AD. If he can stay healthy. Giannis, yeah, literally, you know. Honestly, if Joel's healthy, he could win so much. <laughs> Joel, yeah, if Joel's healthy, he yeah, be completely different. And then, uh, you know what? Forget the next question. Comeback player of the year. Because that was my question yesterday. Comeback player of the year, KD. Wow, last episode I said John Wall. I forgot about What's KD. What's wrong with you, boy? <laughs> KD coming off that Achilles. Hey, KD going to make sure you remember he coming back. No, it's funny because I forgot he was back. Like, it wasn't like, oh, you know, KD's not hooping. But it was yeah. more like the nigga never got hurt. You feel right. me? Right. <laughs> he, he's hooping like he he's, never got hurt. Like, John Wall's crazy playing part. like he just got, got hurt. Yeah. So, shit, last episode I said, you know, he, John Wall. I am sorry, KD. That was very disrespectful. No, that was super disrespectful. I, I'm sorry, KD. I do not mean it. Sorry, John Wall, but it, it is KD. My it's bad. It's got to be KD. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Tweaking. 
No, I'm really off. I'm really off that right now. <laughs> Golly, Slurricane. Uh, <laughs> Shouts at E40, MVP. You know they give out the MVP before the finals. I'm gonna have to go with LeBron or LeBron or I can't give it to Giannis. He really. Yeah. He he gets his numbers, but it's like how impactful is he? It's gotta be LeBron, KD, or Yeah. I said LeBron, KD, or Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Number one in the East. To stay healthy. Yeah. I gotta see how they do in the playoffs or just how they finish, man. Joel Embiid had really has to work on himself as a leader. Damn, those are good stats. I can't even lie to you. Twenty eight and ten. Twenty eight and eleven. Those are good stats. And we we not even look at the defense. Like twenty eight eleven are good stats. Yeah. Twenty eight eleven are good stats. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, I I said right now, if the season ended today, I'd say, you know, it's either Joel Embiid or LeBron or KD. I feel you. So it's fair. It's one of those three. Who's winning it all? It's going to be I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I don't know who's coming out the East. Watching Philly play the other night with a different coach, Doc Rivers, who's pushing that Philly team. It's, it's going to be between Philly and Brooklyn, and the Lakers are coming out the West because the Clippers, I don't know what's wrong with them, man, but they just, after I saw that 50-point loss, I was like, yo, what's, what's good with y'all? Like, come on, for real. Like and people wanted to put it on Doc Rivers and I hate to say it I was actually happy to see that because I was like y'all really was slandering Doc Rivers like he was out there playing I'm like a coach motivates the team but as a pl- professional player how much motivation do you need like as a professional as a professional Facts. player like this is your job this is how you put food food on the table for your kids mm-hmm. and if you really love the game. Three one up. Like what more? What more do I have to do as a coach? I got us the three one up. So clearly the strategy is working. You don't need to do nothing different. Sure they adjusted. We might have lost two games, but it's a game seven. It's game seven. Facts. It's game seven. I can't go out there and play for you. <laughs> what Doc Rivers got Paul George to shoot off the side of the backboard? Yeah, dude. Paul George have uh, you know Kawhi and and PG have one of the worst playoff performances ever. I don't know. I don't know what Doc Rivers said. Hey, you know, go out there and just play like shit. And it's crazy because Kawhi George <laughs> been in numerous NBA finals. Yeah, so it's like, bro, you've been here before. So like, what what was up? But hey, Kawhi George don't never change his face, man. On me, <laughs> them niggas. So you said. So you don't even know. So you don't really have a real definitive answer of who's winning it all. Lakers. Oh, okay. gotta go, LeBron. Same way it's tough to doubt Tom Brady when LeBron has help. See, if Brooklyn comes out the East, that's gonna be a good. I think that's seven games that's, right there. That's gonna be a good series. But like, Brooklyn can't play defense. Yeah, they giving up a hundred twenty plus points to the Cavs and the and Hawks. Hawks. No, what? Come on now. Ridiculous. (laughs) So I actually took this from one of my favorite podcasts, um, All the Smoke, because that's one of my favorite podcasts. Gotta love it. Yeah. They had this one question towards the end of their podcast, and I just really love it. 
Okay. And I showed it to you. If you had the opportunity to sit down Ooh. with five people, dead or alive, who would it be? Great conversations. Sheesh. Dead or alive, who would it be? Ooh. One of them, I got to talk to Kobe. Man, Facts. after Kobe passed and hearing some of his quotes, man, and all the knowledge that he had in his short 40 years of life, 41 years of life, I got to talk to Kobe. That's one. I got to talk to... Man, sheesh, I got to talk to Kobe. I got to talk to Barack Obama. Got to see what that's like, man. If there's anything that's pressure, it's being the first black president ever. And to carry yourself with such class and such poise, I got to talk to Barack Obama. I got to talk to MLK. Okay. Learn about fear, perseverance, things and stuff like that. Uh my bad, not fear. How to overcome fear. So courage, bravery. Um, that's three. I want to talk to Will Smith, bro. Okay. I feel like Will Smith is a very inspiring, very interesting guy to talk to. He's a funny dude. So I know it's going to be a good time. But I also just want to hear about his life experiences. Five people, man. Shoot, this is a short list. I feel like I'm also going to like... Think about 20 minutes later being like, dang, I should have said so-and-so. Um, Where you at, four right now? Yeah, four. Will Smith, Barack Obama, Kobe. Kobe. I already forgot somebody. Yeah. Damn. Will Smith, Barack Obama, Kobe. Oh, Martin Luther King. I'm okay. Um, fifth person. People did some crazy things in their lifetime. Um, let's chop it up with. Dead or alive? Dead or alive? Yeah, bro, it's deep. <laughs> dead or alive? Dead or alive? I'm trying to think. Who do I want to talk to? Ooh. I'll talk to Chadwick Boseman. That's a good five right there. That's a, that's good, that's a good a five. Tough, that's a good little Ooh, five. Okay, okay. That's a good little five. <laughs> I'm glad you got, you know, this type of question you think, you know, it's a part of the podcast. It's going to be real quiet. Things going to be like, what is he going to say? What is he going to say? Good. You know, I'm, it's good thinking. Look at that. So I Chadwick, Chadwick, Kobe, Martin Luther King, Will Smith. Barack Obama. Yes, sir. That's a good little five. That's, that's a, good. That's that's a lot of different areas of life, a lot of different conversations, a lot of different knowledge. Knowledge is power. Man. Yeah. Damn. That's a good little five. Where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? In the next 10 years, I see myself... <coughs> in L.A. Honestly, man, I could definitely be in L.A. It's, once, L.A. is a place that once you really soak it in, it's hard to leave. I can see myself in L.A., um, see myself possibly with wife and child, man. Family is something I want really. I definitely want a family. Facts. Um, part of what motivates me each and every day to go to work is that it's not really for me. I'm building up wealth to give to my kids, to pass on to them. So, little little, little uh, tangent real quick. One thing that made college 
easier for me in tough times was I made it not about myself. Mm. If ever you're in a situation or in a time where you're going through some sort of strenuous or tough situation, if you can turn that challenge into not being about you and make it about somebody else, it's easy. So when college was tough for me, I said, man, this ain't about me. This is about my parents, you know, busting their behinds 18 years to give me the opportunity platform to go to college. So I'm thinking about myself right now and the things that I do in 10 years. It's for my wife. Spoil my wife. She want to go to Greece. We're going to Greece. She went hey, that honeymoon. We're going on that honeymoon. You know what I'm hey, saying? Man. My son wants them, you know what I'm saying, them new... New LeBrons. Bread 11s. You know what I'm saying? Hey, the, the, he wants some Concords. Look, he works for him. I got him. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about giving that next generation we never had. And also, too, man, I know it would make my parents happy to see that type of growth and everything. Yeah. Um, And I want to take care of my parents, bro. You know what I'm saying? I want to get to a position in life where my parents be like, oh, we trying to do such and such. I'd be like, bet. Well, let me, you know, shoot me them dates. I got you. Ooh. You know what I mean? That's that. That's that. That's that, that Boeing energy. <laughs> that's just me giving back, man. That's just me giving back. Um, 10 years. Yeah, family, man. And hopefully, what? 365 times 10. Yeah. I hope I am 3,650 days better than I am today. Damn, man. The goal is to just get better every day. Motherfucking new, I mean, it wasn't that hard, but <laughs> yeah, I just slapped days. A, I just slapped a zero on there, but yeah, yeah man, I mean. <laughs> if I can get better, if I can be a better me every day, man, I hope in ten years, man, who knows what I can be doing? If I just keep that mentality, because a lot of people get obsessed with that mindset. They hit a birthday to be like, ah, I gotta have my life together. I gotta have this together. Yada yada yada. Nah, just get better one percent every day. So that was real. That was real. What do you want your legacy in your life to be? Woo! That's a tough one. I hope my legacy lives on through my wife, mm. through my kids. Man, uh, shoot, I'm hoping I have a son. I'm named after my dad. If I have a son that's named after me, you know what I'm saying? That's that's a legacy of my dad, you know, I'm passing on. You know, how I raise him um, and the things that he can do. Um, and I also, you know, I have all sisters. So, you know, I also have responsibility to have my last name keep moving as well. You know, facts. Yeah, damn. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Wow. Yeah, so Sheesh. you know, what I'm saying starting a family is low key part of you know the family, literally the family name moving on. So that's one thing. Um, but legacy, man. I just want every person that I came in contact with. It was about love. It was about support. And it was positive energy. Mm. Sometimes you're only gonna be in people's lives for a small segment of time. And uh, uh, I I may be uh, paraphrasing this quote, but Kobe said that one of the greatest things you can do in life as a human is to inspire. Mm. And if I can get somebody to reach a greater height, um, raise their ceiling, or realize that there isn't a ceiling what they can do, man, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for, man, because some people did the same thing for me, and that's why I'm here. That's how I got here. Yeah. Somebody once talked to me, and I said, dang, you're right, like, I'm putting a ceiling on myself that don't need to be there, man. So that's that's my mindset. That's where I'm coming from. That's what I'm trying to do. So that's what I'm trying to keep at. That's a real nigga right there. <laughs> real nigga. <laughs> that's All what right. I'm trying to do. We got basically two more questions, but 
know, this is the real number. You know, this is the last question. All right, let's see, let's see what we got going on. What is one thing you want to pass down to your children? Hey, man, got to love God. Love it. Hey, seek, seek God and everything else will follow. That's all I got to say. That was real. That was real. That was real. That was real, man. Rate this podcast. Scale it from one to bread. One meaning it was trash. Bread meaning it was great. Bread, I'm just joking. One to ten. I feel you. I feel you. It's a one to ten, but you know, bread. I'm going to have to go with, um, I'm going to have to go with like, you my boy, so I'm going to be honest with you. But I'm enjoying this, so I'm going to go with like an eight. Okay, bet, bet. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like the conversation flowed. It was natural. I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little nervous. I said, ooh, podcast, recording me, talking about my life. Interesting. But, um, man, you just easy got to talk to. It just happened to be on recording. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I hope a lot of people learn from this. A lot of people inspire from it. Like I said, I'm just about a positive energy. You know, you never know how long you're going to be, you know, here for. Hopefully, I'm here for a good time and a long time. But I you mean, never- I. <laughs> he said not I I don't know if I'm gonna have Nah never mind let me not put that on record <laughs> But uh Sheesh Yeah this uh, this podcast was definitely Sponsored by Slurricane E40 Fun is your local <laughs> <laughs> I wish hey E40 if you ever listen to this We sipped on Slurricane yes. The sweet tea Very Tough Yeah smooth Thank you. Shouts out Ambassador Liquor, owned by the Bruz, 4th Street, uh, in between 4th and Walnut, and I want to say 4th and Rose. Great liquor store. Great people in there. Great black men. Black-owned business. Bruh-owned business. I love Support it. Support your local B.O.B. black-owned business. Yes, indeed. Please do that. I just want to thank Norman for taking his time out. Yes, sir. For being on this podcast. You feel me? Any last things, say it now. Follow you on whatever. Say it. Last things for Norman. F- follow me on IG. It's uh, at underscore Harris 22 Y'all can find me there. Show love. Man, I really enjoyed this podcast, man. This man, Noah Gordon, he going to go on and do some great things. I'm just, I'm just uh, enjoying being a part of it while it's getting started. Much love to everyone. Much love. All right, y'all. Peace.